following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Outsider Show. I am the heel that seals the deal, the villain, the stage chilling, the anti-hero, the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R. And I'm joined by my tag team partner. He is a man that single-handedly put the honor back in Ring of Honor. He is the analysis of the LOC. He's a straight shooter on Twitter. And when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of L.I. All right. I have not killed Ring of Honor <laughs> after all. Look at that, man. Big pop, baby. Big pop. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, ROH. I did not kill this promotion. Dude, I, I just saw. I gave him the kick in the ass. <laughs> I saw you in um, Dream. Shout out to Dream Match Wrestling going <laughs> back and forth. Like, you didn't kill Ring of Honor. You just motivated them. Yeah. I know. It's so funny. When I saw that, uh, when I saw Ring of Honor was coming back, I was like, oh, man, I have to I have to take to Twitter with this. Exactly. No, but that's good. You know, um, I, I don't have this in the format, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll start with this. That's good that they're coming back. I don't know in what shape and what form, if it's going to be a full promotion where they sign people to deals or they're going to run like a GCW-esque where they're just going to get such a bunch of talent from all, all over the place. Because, you know, the Briscoes are still tag team champions, you know, we have two Ring of Honor World Champions in Bandito and Jonathan Grisham, and if you watched Impact this, this past week, Diana Parazzo, she's the new ROH Women's Champion, so I think if they run something like GCW does, where they just get a shit ton of talent from all these different promotions, I think it could be a success. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how they do it. Um, you know, I just have a tough time, like, kind of seeing what the what the shows look like, you know, when, when it comes to talent, because I just feel like a lot of talent at that time most likely will be under contract somewhere, or you would think. Um, I, so I don't know. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm curious to see how it how it uh, it all comes together. I'm happy they're coming back, and uh, we'll see what that Super Card of Honor show looks like. I know a lot of people said, oh, it, it looks like it could be a Impact versus Ring of Honor type thing, which I think would be pretty cool. But then I noticed that Impact has a show the same day as the Super Card show in Dallas. So right. I don't think happen, it'll be that. I don't think it'll yeah, be that. Yeah, so I don't think that's going to work. So, I don't know. I'm curious to see. I mean, Supercard of Honor is a uh, tradition for Ring of Honor WrestleMania weekend. They've always put on some big shows um, throughout the years. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. They're definitely keeping their championships alive. So, uh, it just depends on the current, you know, title holders and, uh, you know, anybody else who's not under contract. If they, whoever they could bring in, you know. Uh, should be interesting. That was not even supposed to be our intro, but you know, and we just kind of yeah. went, we just came, we just went sideways with it. But Ryan, how are you, bro? <laughs> I'm all right, man. Uh, you know, not much going on. It's uh, 
it's like single digit degrees outside oh. here on Long Island, so I'm not trying to leave my house. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, but other than that, I'm all right. How about you? Yeah, it's been a quiet week, uh, just work, and, you know, to just add on to what you just said with this weather, man. When it's like weather like this, like I have not left my house. I had to do a couple errands yesterday in the morning, but besides that, since I got home from work on Friday, this weather just makes you want to do absolutely nothing. Dude, I know, man. It's I've literally done absolutely nothing just besides watching Netflix and stuff like that. I'm, it's just it's crazy. Uh, it's it's kind of I, I call this time of the year the most depressing time of the year if you're in New York, <laughs> just because. You just, there's really nothing to do. You don't want to go outside. And, right. You know, it's just like, you know, there's not much even going on, you know. It's like you can go to a bar or whatever, but there's no outdoor activities right, right, or anything. So right. it kind of sucks. Especially you. You live by the water, too. So I can only imagine how yeah. it is for you. Yeah, yeah. Literally uh, a few blocks away from a small private little beach. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not fun, man. It's not fun. I got the heater going on <laughs> all day long, man, because I, I, I'm like hibernating. I know, bro. This is... This time of year, or when it's just cold like this, is very depressing. I was actually going back and forth with uh, Iridium from the rest friends, and I was just like, how cold is it over there by Chicago, whatever. And she told me it was like 27 degrees. And I told her, I'm like, it's like 10 degrees over here. It's like super brick. <laughs> it's like so fucking brick out here. And she's like, what's brick? And I'm like, oh, they probably don't use that in Chicago. Brick <laughs> means cold. <laughs> yeah, they have no idea. Funny, funny uh, real quick, when I was in Chicago for the first time, I was ordering pizza, and I said, can I have a pizza pie? And they were like, we don't have pie here. And I was like, nah, like a pizza pie. And uh, yeah, so, so they, they definitely have no clue what yeah, brick no. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny, bro. It's so funny. All right, dude, before we get started, give me a minute. It's hashtag. Rebel time. For those that are also wondering why there's only an audio form, Leo had to take a powder today. Um, he's spending time with his father. His father leaves uh, to Argentina next week, so he decided to take the day. And I was like, no, don't worry about it, bro. Me and Ryan got this. So, you know, shout out to Leo. He'll return whenever we do our next episode, hopefully. <laughs> All right? <laughs> All right, dude. Let's get started, man. Interesting enough, you know, since we're not, since we're talking about like uh, Ring of Honor, I think this blends in a little bit, and, and I'll tell you why. So, out of nowhere, I think it was Wednesday when this news came out, if I'm not mistaken. Wednesday or Thursday, I, I don't remember. But a report came out that MLW is putting a lawsuit against the WWE. And it's so random. Like, when I was like, what? what? How? So, I'll, I'll give you kind of like a, a quick version of why they're suing um, WWE. So, MLW filed an antitrust lawsuit against WWE. MLW announced the lawsuit was filed earlier to the federal court. It also is based on WWE ongoing attempts to under, undermine competition and monopolize the professional wrestling market, interfering with MLW's contracts and business. Uh, the lawsuit included the following allegations. WWE noting WWE has pressured third parties to abandon contracts and prospect relations with MLW, including a major streaming deal. It was also alleged in the lawsuit in early 2021 that the WWE executive warned Vince, uh, Vice TV that the chairman and CEO Viscoman was pissed that Vice was airing MLW programming and Vice should stop working with the promotion. So that's pretty much the cliff notes of this lawsuit. If you want to go more into detail with it, you know, go right ahead. But I find I find this lawsuit so random. To me, and I and I like MLW, to me, it, this lawsuit seems very subjective, meaning like I, I don't know if they really have concrete pr proof. Maybe they're not putting the proof out there, but it just seems very subjective. I, I was reading also in, in the in this one, this report came out. Apparently, MLW is going to have a deal with Tubi. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are 
you even know what Tubi is? Tubi is kind of like a, a free Netflix, pretty much. It, it's a, it's free. You don't have to pay anything. But it kind of has like this Netflix vibe. Like if you have the app, because I've actually watched movies on there. It, it kind of like set up like Netflix, but it's completely free. So apparently MLW is going to air their stuff, their content on there. And I didn't know that Tubi is owned by Fox. So apparently MLW is trying to say that the reason why that deal went through is because of the Fox deal with WWE. I don't know, man. I I feel like this is a nothing burger. But I see I saw people online, um, and this is where Ring of, Mo- Ring of Honor comes in. I saw people online saying that, well, it just came out this week that Triple H uh, it allegedly called MSG to try to cancel the whole uh, Ring of Honor New Japan show that happened in, what was it, WrestleMania 2019 weekend, if I'm not mistaken. So apparently that happened, and then Sinclair was going to, like, sue MSG. So that didn't happen, obviously. Obviously, we both went to that show. So I don't know, man. I just think this MLW lawsuit is a nothing burger. I don't know if you have a different take, but that's where I stand on it. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't really have too many thoughts, I'll be honest. It, it is random and out of the blue, and it just kind of, I agree with you, like, doesn't seem like something that really is, like, worth uh, fighting for or fighting against. I mean, right. you know, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not in that, that side of the business, so, you know, <clears throat> people feel different ways, obviously, than I do, but, uh, yeah, I just feel like, I don't know, like, this This just seems like a mess. It seems like one giant headache. I mean, mm-hmm. lawsuits are never fun. Um, you know, are they going to win this? I mean, you know, it, to me, it just doesn't seem like it's worth it. It's a, it's kind of a distraction. He's obviously not sweating this. They're going to like, you know, just brush it off and everything will be fine. So, uh, yeah, just a little weird, a little random out of nowhere. I was not expecting that. Um, but yeah, I don't really see this really going anywhere, to be honest. I know Joey Janelle that went on Twitter and started like chastising MLW saying like, you know, you signed these young independent towns to like bullshit deals or whatever, and you have them kind of hostage. And then MSL, which is like. I think the COO of MLW, he went on record saying, like, at the time when we were signing these talents to deals, we were only um, running shows in small venues. Now we've grown, so we've updated our contracts. It was just like a whole mess of back and forth. I really see nothing good coming out of this for MLW, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, it's just uh, it's kind of giving them some bad press, it seems like. So it's like, is it really worth it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think so. Yeah, I just don't get it. Impact this week, they had a pretty good show. You know, the the fallout for Hard to Kill. I mentioned before that Deanna Perrazzo won the Ring of Honor World uh, Women's Championship. Uh, she defeated Roxy. I feel like Roxy is WWE bound, especially because she had a trial not too long ago. What do you think about that? Uh, I can see it. Um, you know, she kind of falls into the same category as uh, Cora Jade does mm-hmm. down in NXT. And I say that because... Um, they're both like 19, yep. 20 years old, very yep. young, young prospects, uh, haven't really had much experience on the independence. And um, it just seems like somebody who WWE would love to just take under their wing and groom and uh, make them into a, you know, a household name and a big star. Um, you know, Cora Jade's been killing it on NXT. She has. Um, she really has. One- she really filled in that like AJ Lee role. Yeah, she does give off insane AJ Lee vibes, totally. Um, and probably, you know, I don't watch that show every single week, but from what I see on, you know, online, uh, it seems like she's one of the, you know, best things on that program every single week just to see how she progresses and gets better and better and better. Look at all the things she's accomplished already, such a young age, only been wrestling for a few years. I mean, she's already competed in war games and done and and has had a title match and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I could definitely see WWE taking Roxy in. And you know what? Good for her. You know, this is one of those examples where 
it's like, you know, a lot of people say, oh, like, don't go to WWE. They're not going to treat you right. But, like, somebody like her, like I said, she's so young. I just feel like they're not, she's not somebody, that, I mean, I don't know for sure. But it doesn't seem like she's somebody that they're going to bring in, get tired of, and just release. I feel like she's going to be one of their projects, you know, right. just like Cora is. Um, so, it'll be interesting, yeah, to see what happens with her. But, um, yeah, that would, that would be really great for her. I, I, would, I would totally be down for that. Because, I mean, let's be honest, where else is she really going to go? You know, if she doesn't sign with Impact, um, I mean, she could always go to AEW. But, you know, I just feel like at her young age, getting some experience in the WWE can can probably benefit her more. No, I agree 110%. She's young. She has a good look. She's going to get, like, whatever she picked up in the indies, like, kind of away from that. That's what the WWE Performance Center does. So I think her future is bright no matter what route she decides to go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Listen, it's it's ultimately up to her. Uh, you know, of course, I'm sure that, you know, somebody like her at such a young age probably grew up watching WWE, obviously. So, like, that's probably, I would assume, her dream and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where she, she ends up. So it seems like they're building it towards, yeah, they, they represent Ring of Honor, but they're more like, outsiders in the sense like Jonathan Grisham, it, he's claiming now that this story could change depending on where they, they go like in route with this story. Maybe Jonathan Grisham turns heel. I don't know. But Jonathan Grisham is saying in his promos that he has nothing to do with those guys, that there was a fight within Ring of Honor when he was trying to bring purity back to the company. And then there was people like that that was trying to demise Ring of Honor. More news, Breaking Kayfabe came out of this as well. It seems like PCO signed a deal with Impact. So while he's part of this like Ring of Honor crew, he's an Impact guy now. I'm not sure about Matt Taven. I'm not sure about Vincent. I'm not sure about Mike Bennett and Maria. But who knows? Maybe the Impact does sign them as well. What, what do you think about this? Yeah, well, this is like going back to what I was talking about before. It's kind of just like, I mean, I, you know, in Impact, I guess, you know, obviously people sign deals. Like mm -hmm. you said, PCO signed a deal and, and a lot of other people are under contract. But I know a lot of people working Impact are not under contract. So right, and I and I know those guys like uh, Taven and Bennett and uh, Maria and all them. They're like loyal to Ring of Honor. So like, I'm not sure if they're just purposely not signing a deal just because they want to be open to working Ring of Honor. But even even if you sign the deal with Impact, I feel like you'd still be able to work Ring right. of Honor. I just you know right. so, look at Diana Perazzo. Um, right. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And it's it just like the fact that they keep this, like, keep mentioning all oh, this this group from Ring of Honor. It's mm -hmm. kind of just like, are they just going to be known as the Ring of Honor guys? Like, um, I do like what they're doing right now. Like, like yeah. the group like, just yeah. keeps uh, yeah, attacking people and causing, causing you know, havoc, uh, havoc and yep. stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I would assume they would probably sign with Impact at some point. Um, but, you know, it, it kind of is weird that PCO reportedly you know we don't, we don't know for sure but right. uh, reportedly is the only one that is signed to to impact now so uh yeah i don't know i think like i said things are gonna get really interesting that's why i'm really curious to see what happens get something at impact rebellion pay-per-view that's happening in april yeah i definitely feel like there's gonna be some sort of influence there with within ring of honor and impact and stuff like that yeah like like i said i think this this partnership between these two companies is honestly perfect mm -hmm. you know it's a perfect working relationship and, uh, you know, I just feel like Scott Demore, obviously, he wants to work with all these promotions. So I think he's going to have a big uh, hand in helping Ring of Honor get back on their feet once they make that comeback. The last couple of weeks, we were talking about, like, Jay White and what he should be doing, where we would like to see him. Well, we ha might have an idea where he's going to go. I don't know for how long. And that's Jay White is going to impact, I believe, next week for some tapings. And the Grills of Destiny are going right with him. 
I don't know what route they're going to go with this. I don't know what exactly they're going to do with Jay White. But when it comes to the Gorillas of Destiny, I feel that we're going to get a Gorillas of Destiny Good Brothers program. Yeah, I, I would love to see it. And I think it's a no-brainer, honestly. Um, are, are the Good Brothers the tag champs over there still or no? Yep. Yes, they, yes, okay, they are. yeah. So, to, and I don't, you know, off the top of my head, I can't really think of too many other tag teams within the tag team division in Impact. Uh, so, yeah, their tag team division right now. They have guys, but it's kind of slim. So you got like Rich Swan, Willie Mack. You got Violent by Design. That's the that's the three I could think of right now on top of my head. The Good Brothers, obviously. Um, I mean, see, I don't even consider Ace Austin and fucking uh, Mad Man Fulton as a tag team. They, he's just more of a heater for Ace Austin. So I wouldn't even say that's a tag team. Uh, he, no, I mean to me, to me, it's a no brainer, right? Though, to, to you know, and obviously that would get a lot of eyes. Well, I mean, I would think it would get you know. A, a, decent amount of eyes on impact too because listen we've all been wanting to see this bullet club kind of uh you know feud or rivalry and we thought we were going to get that when jay white arrived at impact over the summer you know with kenny omega and they yeah remember that i feel like i feel like thanos just snapped and we completely forgot about that like jay yeah. white showing up after slam anniversary and kenny omega and the good brothers trying to throw it too sweet and that's how like the pay-per-view ended you know like yeah we never got that here's everybody speculating that we're gonna get jay white versus kenny omega at Bound for Glory, and we get Christian <laughs> Christian Cage as the Impact Champion instead. That was such be. a curve. That was such a random curve. Like, hey, we're gonna go, we're gonna go completely go left. I'm gonna be wrong. I, I did enjoy Christian Cage as Impact Champion, but yeah, it was just so but, random. Right, not what not what everybody was expecting. So, and that, that's sort of going back to what I said last week, where it's like Impact always has hype and buzz coming out of these pay per views, and then. It all just fades away, and it's just like that's just a common theme with them. It yeah. seems like yeah. so. Here we go again. You got Jay White. You got the Girls of Destiny. You put them in a program with the Good Brothers because people have been wanting to see that. Um, and I don't know what you do with Jay White to be completely honest, but uh, you know, having Jay White in the programming is obviously great. And um, so yeah, I, I don't know, but let's we'll, we'll see what they do with him this time around. I, I just feel like the first time around that he came in, it was it was good in the beginning, and then they just kind of dropped the ball. He left, and then there was really no mention of him ever again. And yeah. now all of a sudden, here he comes again. It's just kind of like uh, I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do, but uh, I, I'm intrigued. So we'll, we'll see see what what route they go. Think he challenges Moose for that world title? <sighs> if he does, he kind of has to win. That means right? he'll stick around an impact, right? I mean, yeah, listen, I, I, I would throw the belt on him. I just don't know about, like, you know, his, you know, New Japan contract status and all those type of things. Yeah, Even though man. It, I guess it really doesn't matter because New Japan's worked with Impact as well. Complete sidebar. I wonder with, like, all these relationships with the Forbidden Door, right? You know, because, man, you want to talk about all these companies using that term, like, so frequently now. Even fucking WWE is mentioning Forbidden Door. But, like, with this whole Forbidden Door concept, I'm very curious to know, like, what company's actually paying the performer? For example, like, the Girls of Destiny and J.Y. are going to do Impact tapings, right? It, are they still getting paid by New Japan? Or is Impact giving them a cut too? Like, I'm curious how, like, these deals work out. Like, when Christian Cage went over to Impact to be world champion, and Kenny Omega, for that matter, was they just strictly getting paid by AEW this whole time? Or was Impact also throwing them a bone as well? Like, I'm very curious. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it's a good point. I'm curious too. I, I don't, I obviously don't think we'll ever find out. But, yeah, I mean, the Good Brothers appeared on uh, AEW. Right. Do they get, like, right? do they get paid by AEW? Like, now that Deanna Perrazzo is the Ring of Honor World Cha- Women's Champion, right? 
Is she getting a little cut from Ring of Honor now too? She's she's, she's the belt holder. Like, how does all this work? I mean, if, if I mean, I don't obviously know for sure, but I would assume that yeah, they have to get some sort of uh, you know pay. It's like if the, if Ring of Honor says to Deanna Brazo, hey, like you know, uh, come do our show, they're not just gonna like. I don't think Impact would pay to have her. On right. There. I just feel right. like I feel like Ring of Honor would have to pay to have her on there. Um, you know, same with AEW would have the Good Brothers on there. Um, so, I mean, I would assume so, yeah, but it is definitely interesting. It, listen, with all these companies working together, it's like, my mind is so blown. I, know. I, <laughs> so I, I, forget, I forget who's where, like, who signed <laughs> under what contract, like, you know, because everybody's all over the place. Yeah, like, even, like, someone like Mickey James, and we're going to talk more about that in a little bit, but, like, Mickey James, right, like, I was under the impression when she got let go by WWE, and after her 90 days, were, she signed the contract with NWA, right? That's what I was under the impression. But mm-hmm. then she started appearing in Impact. She wins the Knockouts Championship. And now she's appearing both in Impact and NWA. But now she's going to appear at the Rumble too. So is, like, is she getting a check from three different companies? I, I, <laughs> I know. It's pretty crazy. I mean, honestly, she's living the, the, the wrestling dream. Honestly. I mean, good for her. That's not a knock. But it's just very, no, no. as a wrestling fan, like... I guess it's like this is like very this is nerd talk that we're talking, but not like in the sense where where we're like like at Kenny Omega. Remember the time that you were wearing like those type, not like that type of nerdy talk, but just more like the, I guess like the 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 financial aspect of this, like who's paying who. <laughs> I know, I know, it's 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 very confusing, man. Like if you're a if you're not a wrestling fan like us, and 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 the, like you know a lot of hardcore fans. And you watch, like, all these different promotions, like, dude, yeah, you you have no clue, like, what's even going on. You see one person, you, you see, like, somebody like Deanna, who's on Impact, but she's holding a, a belt from Ring of Honor, and you're like, what, what's Ring of Honor? It's a totally separate promotion. Right. It's just very, like, yeah, it's, it's all over the place. I mean, I love it. It's great. No, it's, it's definitely uh, dope. It's definitely dope. It's, it's very interesting. All right, let's talk about the Rumble. So, you mentioned Mickey James. She made this comment to, I don't know if she was on someone's podcast this week. She said something down the lines that she plans on appearing with the actual title and coming out to Hardcore Country and not her god-awful WWE theme, which I'm happy for that, but I think it's pretty cool if this does happen, her coming out on TV with that Impact Championship. Yeah, man, I I won't believe that when I see it. I know, me too, me too. I saw that comment and I was like, "No freaking way!" Are Do you know who she said her? that to? What? Do you know who she said that to? Nah, I I, I can't remember. Oh. I, it was sent to me through like um like some like fan account like tweeted the quote okay. or whatever like okay. that and it put put whoever it was on the bottom. But I I can't even remember. That's why I didn't think it was real at first. Uh, but I mean, I saw a lot of people talking about it. I don't know. <laughs> Listen. In the Royal Rumble match, you get announced and you come out and like I don't know. Usually, nobody really brings their titles. You kind of just run out. So like, uh, I mean, that would be really interesting to see if she comes out, holds up the belt, puts it down, and then starts running to the ring. But also like the theme song too. It's like nobody knows of Mickey James with this theme song. So I just don't see how they're gonna let her do that. Uh, I I don't know. Like I said, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm not saying it's not gonna happen, but I just have a hard time. Uh, thinking that that's even a remote possibility. I, I, but I feel like for events like the Royal Rumble, like a WrestleMania, like a SummerSlam, like Survivor Series, you kind of get a mixture of wrestling fans. Like wrestling fans that are in the know than like a random like battleground pay-per-view that you'll get like the just the WWE diehards actually going to that pay-per-view. I feel like those, the big four, you kind of get like a mixture of like the Smarks and like the WWE loyalists. 
So I feel like you will get a reaction for Mickey's hardcore country. Yeah, you know, totally. But, like, I just feel like in WWE's eyes, they're not thinking that. They're not thinking, they're not catering to the fans that are tuning in from, you know, other promotions or whatever like that. I just feel like they would want to make, they want to make everything their own, right? So they want, right. they want you know, that, that classic Mickey James theme song. That, um, that, let me tell you something about that theme song. It's got awful. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's got, no, it's just, it's just the same thing over and over again. There's really nothing to it. Um, but like, you know, you hear that song, you obviously, you know, associate that with Mickey James. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. And I will say this, like now that we're talking about it, I mean, Mickey seems like she's pretty much in control of all this because WWE needs her more than she needs right? Because obviously they don't have enough women to fill 30 women (laughs) Royal Rumble. So, uh, honestly, you know, she could probably say whatever she wants, like, Oh, like, let me use this. Let me do this. Maybe they are just saying, you know what? Screw it. Yeah, you could do whatever you want. I don't know, but uh, maybe that's, they're, that's they're trying to do right by Mickey. They're the ones that are trying to like, you know, m- mend the bridge back together with Mickey James. So Mickey James, in, in theory, is in control, right? Yeah, I would think so. So I, I guess maybe maybe that was part of the deal. You know, she wants to represent Impact, and maybe that was part of the deal with Impact too, where Impact was like, listen, uh, we don't mind her doing this, but you have she has to come out to her impact theme and and she has to hold up our championship because she is our champion so yeah maybe i don't know that's that's gonna be interesting man because years ago you know wwe i mean even recently i mean wwe just does not acknowledge any other promotions man and now you're gonna have mickey james coming in with another company's promotion a company that you could say wasn't competition and i don't really think it was serious legit competition but one at one time or for a few years at least, mm-hmm. it was the number two behind WWE. Yeah, yeah. And it even competed with WWE. So it's kind of funny how uh, the tables have turned all these years later. And, uh, wow. It, it's right. weird when WWE tries to, um, when they when they decide to ignore certain things, and then they're open with certain things. Like, remember when AJ Styles debuted in the Royal Rumble? They acknowledge him as a former IWGP heavyweight champion, right? So it's like yeah. they pick and choose when they want to acknowledge something or when like they do like these uh these documentaries right they'll actually at the end of the credits if you see depending on like let's say someone like cm punk right when they did the documentary on him they got to work at ring of honor so a lot of those pictures are ring of honor-esque like you know based so they'll give like uh plugs to ring of honor at the end of the documentary so it's funny when they have to acknowledge like not competition but like other promotions and then when they just want to completely ignore history and act like that doesn't even exist. Yeah, remember when Dixie Carter was on the WWE Network? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, they, yeah. I mean, And also when Sami Zayn mentioned AEW on Oh, on yeah. Raw. So, yeah, I know. You're, you're right. They pick and choose. They definitely do. Um, yeah, it, it is kind of weird. But, uh, you know. More on this, like, I guess, like, women's division and, and the route these women are going, like, after Royal Rumble and going to the WrestleMania. So this past week on Friday, uh, Michael Cole could not stop promoting this. Lita's returning to WWE. She's going to make her first time appearance on SmackDown in I don't know how many fucking years or whatever. Lita comes out. Lita looks fucking great. Oh my gosh, she's fucking gorgeous. She cuts a promo saying that she's going to be in the Royal Rumble. She wants to main event WrestleMania. She feels like she has another run. Out comes Charlotte. They have a nice little promo back and forth. Charlotte mentions how she defeated her bestie and retired her, which is her Stratus. And then um, there was another exchange there, and then we got like a twist of fate from Lita to, to Charlotte. I went on record saying, like, I'm more intrigued about this 
possibly be in a match at WrestleMania without even having the title involved. You already have a marquee match here. You don't need the title for this. Have some way Charlotte drop the title to someone. You give two other women an opportunity to face off for the championship match at WrestleMania. And you have another marquee match for one of the Dallas shows. Because to me, this has Mania match written all over it. And you don't need the title for it. Yeah, I, I could totally see this match happening um, at WrestleMania. I just feel like this was the ultimate tease. Uh, you just don't have Lita randomly come out and do this and even give Charlotte the twist of fate if, you know, it wasn't building towards something. Now, I don't know. I'm not saying she's going to go out and win the Royal Rumble match, but one way or another, like you said, she looks great. I mean, she looks like she's in phenomenal shape. Um, it, it, it really just would be an awesome marquee match for Dallas. I, yep. I really think, you know, and Charlotte faced uh, Trish Stratus a few years ago mm -hmm. in SummerSlam. And now her facing Lita, I just feel like that would be so freaking cool. Um, as far as not having the title on the line, listen, I would love that. I would agree with you. Like, listen, you, you give uh, two other women an opportunity to fight for that championship. I just feel like that's not going to happen. I feel like they're going to want the title on the line. Because one way or another, Lita's probably not going over Charlotte. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter Like she's like whether it's a title match or not. Like Either way, like Charlotte's probably going to go over. I just don't see it not being for the championship because if it's not for the championship, then who else on SmackDown right now would fight for that belt? And it, that would be a big enough match for WrestleMania. There like, I, I just can't see it. And if obviously you remember a few years ago with WrestleMania 33, they pulled the universal belt off of Kevin Owens to put it on Goldberg so that Brock and Goldberg could have been for the championship. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were saying that it was easily a match that could have not been for the championship, right. but they wanted it to be, they wanted it, to, uh, you know, the big marquee to be on all the headlines and stuff like that. They're fighting for this championship. I feel like it's definitely going to be for the title. Um, and I'm really, really excited for it. Uh, if, if obviously it's probably most likely going to happen. I don't even need to say if it happens. Um, but yeah, we'll see if Lita ends up winning the Rumble as a result of that. Yeah, man. You know, you brought up some good points. I I can't think of two other women that could potentially go for that title. I mean, I'm I'm listen. It's WWE, so they could easily just strap that title on someone else. I'm, you know, you, a potential Bailey return. I don't fucking know. You know, Sasha. I know she has a foot injury now, but she'll be ready by Mania. So I mean, you could throw in those names out there. But it's like, do we really want to see another Bailey Sasha Banks match? Make some strong points. While I still wouldn't want it to be a title match, but that's WWE for you. So they probably will make it a, a a title match. You know, have Charlotte defending the title against Lita, but. Just since we're on the topic of the Royal Rumble. You know what? One last thing on Lita. Also, a report came out that Lita was very close to signing a deal with AEW to have like a, a few with Britt Baker. I completely was like, holy shit, that would have been so fucking dope. Yeah, that, that would have been nuts if that ended up happening. <laughs> I mean, holy crap. Um, yeah, I, I didn't want to, I didn't really know whether to believe that at first, but I guess, you know, it's, I mean, you know, it's out there, so who knows what really went down. But uh, it's kind of like the same situation to me, like when Edge was yeah. negotiating with right so like, i don't know if it was ever actually close to happening but it is kind of cool to, to think that you know aew did think about that and did end up reaching out there so more on the royal rumble let's talk about like the women's side of things i'm gonna go on the limb here it, bianca Belair has to win this rumble again right like i don't see no one else winning it like not Liv morgan not uh unless there's a bailey return which, depending on what report you want to believe, some people are saying like she's almost ready to return. Others are like maybe in like another month, to, month or two, but she'll be, she'll be around for WrestleMania. Unless we're getting a Bailey return, I think I think Bianca's gonna pull a double here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, my my, yeah, my three were gonna be Lita, Bailey, 
or nobody's talking about this. And, you know, usually oh if boy. it was going to happen, I feel like we'd be hearing some rumblings about it. But a Ronda Rousey return. Um, wow, okay. Becky Lynch. Yeah, I mean, because I, I can't really, besides Bianca and I guess Liv, but I don't really want to see Liv versus Becky again. Listen, <laughs> she already lost twice. It's I, That's not a mania match to, to really, I mean, I, I, just, I don't see that. No disrespect, obviously. I love Liv Morgan, but... um. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I could see Bianca and Becky at, at WrestleMania. I really can, if it's not going to be a Ronda Rousey or a Liv Morgan. That's the only other person I could see. Um, you know, I'm not trying to forget about Asuka, too. I think Asuka could return yeah, at the yeah, Rumble. Yeah, but, yeah, that'd be good. But Asuka versus Becky again? I mean, we've seen that at Nauseam already, too. Like, that's like, I just don't want to see that again. So, yeah, listen, if it's not, if it's not a surprise return for Ronda... Bianca probably is the front runner, but I don't know, man. I just don't know how that would go over her winning the, the Royal Rumble two years in a row. I just feel like nobody's going to really care that much, you know? So, I don't know. I feel like Ronda's a safe bet for next year because it'll be in Hollywood, you know, like yeah. uh, the WrestleMania. That's where, you know, she that's where she lives at. She lives in California. So, I feel like that's more of a safe bet for Ronda making a return and potentially challenging one of the women's champions for next year. I don't see Ronda returning now, but if it's not, you know, if it's not Bianca, I'm thinking possibly Bailey. Unless, yeah. unless you know, you want some heat and you have Charlotte win the thing and uh, yeah, as champion. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's oh, the God. Yeah. I mean, you know, you want to add some more steam and some more heat on that. That's a possibility too. But I, I think for me, the, my number one is a Bianca unless we're getting a Bailey return. Yeah, yeah, I, I could totally see it, man. The thing I love about this year's Royal Rumble is like we just we legit have no clue. Right what they're going to do, like, who's going to win, you know? Like, even the men's rumble, like, we have no clue. So, uh, I love it, man. It's great. It's it's very unpredictable. And, uh, you know, I'm sure when we get closer to that weekend, there's going to be rumors of, right. like, you know, who's going to win, stuff like that, or who's got, you know, uh, you know, good probability of winning, stuff like that. But, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see which direction they go, because I don't even think they even, maybe they have an idea now, but I just feel like they had to take kind of, like, a detour with different plans and mm -hmm. stuff, because, you know, uh, Drew going down with an injury, Sasha right. going down with an injury, and Roman obviously with, with COVID, and then they had to throw the belt on Brock. So I just feel like totally new directions going into Mania, which is very exciting. And what's great about the Royal Rumble, too, is like when you read all these like dirt sheets and you have all of these reports and rumors, like who might come back or, or someone's denying rumors, it's like you can read the rumors and be like, oh, man, they might return. But it's like it's not a sure thing. So like even – what was it, the Royal Rumble before we the pandemic started? That was, what, 2020 when Edge made his return? I remember yeah. there was the rumblings and the rumors like, oh, Edge is going to return, Edge is going to return. But, like, part of me was like, ah, but is he really whatever? And then until his music hit and you saw the reaction of the crowd and I fucking got off my seat and I was like, oh, my God, Edge is really back. And just seeing him come out, like, I, I just got caught in the moment, dude. Yeah, yeah, that was a legit shock to me because I refused to believe it until I actually saw it, you know, and I think even Edge came out too, he like even said like not true, not happening and stuff, and I mean, I believed him too, and so yeah, it was a legit shock when I when I saw him come out there, so yeah, you never really know, mm -hmm. I saw that Dave Meltzer, uh, you know, and of course this is more uh, more stuff that people could shit on <laughs> Dave for, but I, I guess, I, I don't, and I don't know, I don't listen to the Observer, uh, right. but somebody posted the quote where he said like Bailey it could return as early as March and then Bailey commented on that on Twitter and was like uh yeah because uh, he's always accurate and things like that so I don't know you know I mean who knows what's what's gonna happen so 
one way or another, it's 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 going to be very interesting. Like I said, uh, I really don't know what's going to happen, and that's that's the beauty of this. Quick sidebar: so when Edge returned that year of the Rumble, that same night I bought my WrestleMania ticket because I was like, I have to see Edge live. And what happened? The pandemic happened and ruined everything. <laughs> you got to congratulate. Oh my God! I mean, granted, I got my money back, but still, fuck, man. I remember I, I posted a picture because remember that was like the. Two pre-recorded WrestleManias that we got, like, um, too big yeah. for just one night. I remember just sitting there just depressed watching it. I just had these, I had the NXT TakeOver ticket and the WrestleMania ticket just in front of me. I still have it somewhere around here. Yep. And I'm just looking at these tickets. I'm like, damn, man. Yep. Edge and Drew McIntyre are the two I felt so bad for. Oh, my God. What a mess. All right, more on the Royal Rumble. Let's talk about the Men's Rumble. Going back to what you said, we don't know what is, what's going to happen here and who could win it. And... I mean, this one's a head-scratcher for me. I really don't know who's going to win it. I mean, if I'm going with just me being a fan, right, my fandom, okay, me not being realistic or, you know, what are the odds of winning uh, of this person winning? If, I, if I'm just being a fan, I'm like, just give it to AJ. Let him win the Rumble. But I know that's not going to happen. Who do you see possibly winning this Rumble, dude? Yeah, man, I don't know. Um... <laughs> it's it's crazy. God. It's crazy. You really don't know who's going to win this. Yeah, listen. I And this is good. This is a great thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. I could definitely see somebody like uh, Bobby Lashley losing to Brock, entering the Rumble and winning. Mm -hmm. um, I could see Big E winning. Other than those two, I really don't know, man. Like, I'm trying to think. Like, I'm, I'm going through the SmackDown roster. I'm going through the Raw roster. Like, I have no clue, man. Yeah, I mean, unless they give us a, a shock or a surprise, like an AJ Styles or a Finn Balor, which I highly, highly doubt. doubt. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, Finn yeah, Balor, like, man, you want to talk about him falling down the rabbit hole? Yo, where well, is he? <laughs> where is he? I know. God, he's got to – I mean, I don't know how he's feeling, but, man, like, he's just got to be so deflated, like – Comes back up to the main roster. It's the same exact thing that happened the last time, you know. It's fucking. Um, remember the remember the Packerheads defending the piece of shit ending that we got with Finn Balor and Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules with the with the uh, with the yeah, magic and the thing and him, you know, um, flopping like a fish back and forth and his music playing in the background for no reason and you know some of these Packerheads were like, oh, you gotta let the story play out. You guys are not letting the story play out. Now it played out. Look, look what happened. Where's Finn Balor? That's a famous WWE fan, uh, fanboy quote. Let it play out. That's it. And nothing ever plays out as a result. But yeah, dude, honestly, Big E is probably my my front runner. I, I can't think of anybody else, bro. I'll, I'll tie this in. I'll tie this in with this. So, you mentioned Meltzer. And Meltzer went on record saying that WWE is still trying to go with their plans that they had in day one going into WrestleMania. So they're trying to get kind of like reroute themselves back to the road that they were heading towards or whatever. Some report came out that apparently Seth Rollins was going to win that Fatal 4-Way, and the idea was that he was going to defend that world championship against Big E at WrestleMania. That was the plan. So in theory, you would think, like, okay, Big E most likely would end up winning the Rumble unless he wins, like, let's say, Elimination Chamber to for a number one contendership, right? E either route or whatever. And then, obviously, we'll ultimately, we'll get the Brock and a Roman Reigns story. Now we're in a situation where <clears throat> we got two world champions in Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, which that's a court that's apparently supposed to still be the main event for Dallas for WrestleMania, but they're holding their specific world champions. But you have a Raw talent challenging for the Universal Title, which is a SmackDown Championship. 
And then you have obviously Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. What are we doing here? Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not complaining on the matches that we're getting. But it's like, how are we supposed to go back to the road that we're supposed to be on, right? If the plan is still Lesnar and Roman, are we gonna get a unification match? Which I don't think that's gonna happen. Unless we're going to have the champion appear on both shows hold, holding both titles and kind of doing what Becky Lynch did. Or is Seth Rollins really going to defeat Roman Reigns for this universal title, which I don't think should happen either. As much as I love my guy Seth, and I have no problem him holding a title, but I don't think it should be Roman's title. Yeah. The only way they can really get back on track here with those original plans that you said with Rollins versus Biggie and Brock versus Roman and, you know, have those two be championship matches is to have Bobby beat Brock. So then Brock, I mean, it, this would be like totally weird for Brock not to want revenge on Bobby. He would just go right to Roman. Unless then, Roman costs him the title match. Yeah, which, yeah, could happen. Um, and then you have the Elimination Chamber in February. You know, Bobby puts the belt on the line, and then, you know, Seth ends up winning it, and then you had Biggie already won the Rumble, and then you get Biggie and Rollins, and you get... Brock and you get Roman, but then what do you do with Bobby Lashley? You kind of just say, well, thanks for holding the title for a few weeks, so uh, screw you. You know, it's kind of, I, I don't know. Yeah, they, they've they've kind of just, I don't know how they're going to get back on track, but that would really be the only way I can see that. <laughs> I just, um, I, I just, but I'm, I'm in, I'm in, let, let me just say, so I'm in total agreement with you. Seth Rollins should not be Roman Reigns. No. Like, should absolutely not. I know some people are thinking that's going to happen because they want to make things right because right. Rollins was supposed to win the, the WWE mm-hmm. title. No, 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 no. You're not, you're, so you're not just going to pull an audible and ruin Roman Reigns' over, over 500-day run with this bell just to give it to Seth because you want to make things right. No, 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 no. You, there's other ways you can work around that. Keep this belt on Roman Reigns. Um, not, not, I'm not going to say I'd be furious because I, I do love Seth Rollins, but, man, that would just be a, a real heartbreaker. And it would be like CM Punk uh, Rock-esque where, yeah. like, CM Punk's run – historic run came to a uh, a random halt and they just pulled the belt off of him and it was just like Ugh. like why this would be the same exact thing listen 2015 2016 2017 2018 and then obviously 2019 i think a lot of fans felt sympathetic for roman reigns when he came out that he still had uh, you know that the cancer came back whatever but like those four years i couldn't stand roman reigns i just didn't yeah. want to see him on my tv and yeah. now i'm to the point every time i see roman reigns come out I never want to see him drop that title. I want him to have like a Bruno San Martino run. Let him hold the title for years, dude. Do not take that title away from Roman Reigns. If we do get the Rock match in WrestleMania Hollywood or whatever, which will be what, WrestleMania 39? Have him go through the Rock too. I do not want to see Roman Reigns drop this title ever. Dude, I'm in agreement with you totally. <laughs> Listen, we, we've seen 500-plus-day runs with, with, with championships in this modern era. Let's, let's, throw, let's do, it, do it even bigger. Let's, let's have Roman break every record so that nobody could ever break Dude. this ever again. Let him go, like, over a 1,000 days. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I do not want to say – it's like it, – it's crazy. And credit to Roman Reigns because this is probably something he wanted to do for a very long time, just be – this, right? The, the version that we're seeing of Roman Reigns now, which I feel like, it, it, you know, what Stone Cold says is like, you, the best characters are the ones that you play like yourself, you just amp it up to 100, right? I'm not saying that he's that conceited and cocky, but he knows he's the shit, right, in reality, right? He knows that 
he's carried this company for like the last year and a half into you know in the pandemic era, et cetera, or whatever. I know he's still humble because obviously he broke character the other day talking about like if people need to take care of themselves, or, you know, with the with this whole COVID situation. We saw that like in a house show, or whatever. So obviously he's a good dude. But man, this version of Roman Reigns, every time he just comes out, the theme song, his his facial expressions, it's like, why do I want to see someone beat him for this title? I just let him rock with this title for the next five, even ten years at this point. I don't care. Dude, I know. I mean, listen, until there's somebody who's, like, worthy of taking the belt off of him, which I'm not saying Brock's not worthy, I'm not saying Seth's not worthy, but... Anybody else? Right. I mean, you look at the competition on SmackDown. I mean, holy crap! There's literally nobody that I'd rather see holding that Universal Title right now, other than him. So mm -hmm. I'm in total agreement, man. I am enjoying him so much. I'm not, you know, usually like, I'm not even for me specifically, but like for a lot of people I know, their attention spans are very short. So you know, when uh, Roman consistently ends all these pay per views in the same way with retaining the, the, the title over and over and over again, people could get bored of that. I, I don't do. I, I honestly don't. Nobody. No, no, no. But no, nobody is has to is, is. I don't. I can't see anybody saying how this is stale or whatever. This no. just keeps getting better and better every single time. Well, I think it was you that said this, and I could be wrong. So correct me if I'm wrong. Was it you that said this that every time you've seen Roman Reigns come out, like in, in recent, whether it was like a Survivor Series or at, at that um. What was it WrestleMania? It's just you feel like a god, like arriving at the venue yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah, like a god has just entered the building. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, there's really he's on a whole nother level right now, man. Like you said, with the entrance and the swag and the demeanor yeah. and, and his facial expressions and uh, dude, he's he's a million bucks, bro. This is the Roman Reigns that you know. See, this is the Roman Reigns that I understand. Yes. Uh, you know, like, you know, when they wanted to push mm -hmm. him as the guy back right. years ago, nobody can understand why. I understand now because of, of this version of him, not the one we've seen for years. And it's kind of like, you know, like, whatever. Like, it, it was in the past. It was a, It's honestly a crazy story to think about how, like, nobody liked him. And, you know, he was shoved down our throats. And, and now everybody loves him. And he's, like, the best version of himself and stuff like that. And he's still um, shoved down our throats. But in a, in a sense, like, that's what we want because... He's yeah. carrying the fucking company. Like you, you can make the arguments. Him, it's like one yeah. A Roman, and then one B is Brock. They're li literally carrying the company. Yeah, yeah. So like, I don't think even if you asked him, I don't think he would change a thing mm -hmm. for you know in his path. But it's kind of like it kind of makes you wonder. Like, man, if we, if this was the Roman Reigns we got from right. the beginning, like you said, 2015, 2016, 2017, man, this guy. I mean, I'm not saying he's obviously future Hall of Famer right now, regardless. But man, he could have just been. Absolutely, just I mean, like, and he he still is, but you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Right. He could have been insanely legendary. Like it would have just been insane. Dude, uh, dude, even his, right now, even in this run that he's in now, even his merch is better. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> even uh, his I, merch I, is better, bro. Before they I try to go never, with like the whole um, it was like the 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 we the R gimmick thing. They they were trying to sell shirts of that, and then they try to sell shirts of him like you know doing the Superman punch, you know, ah, like Michael Jordan. None of but now look at his merch now. It's the Neil Mover. Like you see that shirt, you're like, I want that shirt. That that shirt looks dope. I know. I, I never thought I would ever contemplate ordering a Roman Reigns right. shirt. Right. No. The Bloodline yeah, shirt, all know? fucking dressed like in suits, like to the nines, like like a whole bunch of mafia men. Like come on, man. I know, dude. I know. It's it's it, it's it's a crazy turnaround, man. It really is. He's like I said, he's killing it right now, and uh, I'll be on the edge of my seat watching the Royal Rumble in hopes that they don't pull that belt off of him. Because man, what a what a terrible decision that would be.
I do. I did enjoy the segment we got from Roman and Seth Rollins um, this past week on Friday night. SmackDown, where they were throwing jabs at each other. You know, Roman mentioned, like, listen, if I wanted to main event WrestleMania or any, like, you know, card or whatever with a raw talent, it would be your wife, you know, Becky Lynch. I thought that was a nice little line. I like the lines of Seth Rollins being honest and saying, like, listen, the track record is that I always beat you because I'm better than you. And you could tell, like, Roman knows how to play, like, this character where he's better than everyone else, but when, like, someone hits you with an actual fact, you kind of see his face change where he actually questions himself for, like, maybe a couple seconds. He did it with Cena. He did it with Rollins this week. And then all of a sudden, he'll snap out of it and he'll have, like, another zinger. So, like, I, I do like how much of a performer, besides in the ring, but, like, also him in his promos, how what Roman has become. Yeah, that's a really, really great point. Um, I think a lot of people wouldn't even notice that but now you mention it i think you know a lot of people should take note of that because yeah i mean that's that's literally what makes everything feel so much more realistic too mm -hmm. like the facial expressions are a big part of you know showbiz you know in general um so yeah he's he, he's phenomenal it looks like he's really comfortable doing yes. you know doing this stuff and uh yeah, I mean that. That's I thought that segment was great. Um, you know, the, the line about Becky Lynch, uh, <laughs> it was just so so perfect, man. Like you laid it in there so perfectly. Um, listen, this is a really fresh matchup. Mm -hmm. We have not seen this match since 2016. I am looking forward to this so much. Um, it, it it's going to be great. I don't even care that it doesn't make sense that Seth Seth's going to SmackDown to face Roman. Uh, the explanation that they gave mm -hmm. was totally just so stupid, and it makes makes us us fans feel dumb because they could have literally just said, "Well, Rollins was supposed to face Biggie one on one, then it got changed to a triple threat, then it got changed to a fatal four, then it got changed to a fatal five way." So he he's owed a championship match, and he wanted Roman. Boom, done. Makes sense. Won't question it. But instead, they had to do this some stupid route where you know. Adam Pierce is like, well, you know, I don't know, you know, I, I had to pick the challenger. I just told him he would be a good one, like that, nah, dude. I like what? Dude, that's right. so phony. Um, but yeah, man, this 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 should be awesome, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I I still, in my opinion, I still feel like the best version of Seth Rollins was after he broke up with the Shield and he became part of the Authority, and he had Money in the Bank, and then won the World Title. I still think that was the best version of Rollins, but. The version that we're getting now might be my second favorite. I think he's doing phenomenal work. Like, we still don't understand how he became, like, this kind of Joker-esque character. But I don't even care at this point. I just think anytime he's on my TV, I'm instantly glued to it. And I care on what he's about to do or what he's about to say. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree 100%. That that authority, Rollins, it will go down as one of my favorites with the, you know, him with the blonde streak and everything. Yep. Like, he was just killing it right there. Like, he was the guy. Um... But this this is a, a great version of Seth too, and it's a great rebound too from where he was. Yep. Twenty eighteen, well, towards the end of twenty eighteen, and then early, well, then twenty nineteen, everybody was happy when he won the Universal Belt from uh, Rocket Mania. But then after that, when he started getting involved with Becky and everything, it's just, everything just kind of went downhill there. Um, but yeah, he's really rebound and, and and really showed everybody why he is one of the best in the world. So. I'm enjoying it too, and like you said, not we don't really understand why he's this like you know laughable like Joker type character, but I mean it's just like it's it's like who even cares, you know? No, I, I, it's, it's just entertaining, dude. Work. His yeah, random laugh, him like you know like interacting with the crowd when they're like you know kind of like singing his song and shit. I just love everything that he's doing right now. I love his theme song. Bro. Yeah, me too. Me his too. theme song is so good. Me too. Me too. Lashley and Lesnar, they had an in-ring segment this past week on Raw. And, man, did Lesnar eat Lashley up, man. I felt bad for Lashley because I'm like, 
damn, you just straight jogged my boy. Like, <laughs> yo. Yeah, he looked speechless last night. Oh, man. Like, I wish we kind of got like a, a promo battle between MVP and and Paul, but this is yeah. still good. Don't get me wrong. I, I was entertained. But man, did yo Lesnar just chump Lashley, bro? Bro, Lesnar. I mean, who said this guy couldn't talk? I know. Like, oh my god, he is so freaking entertaining, bro. It's so funny, like that. Just the things that he says, like the knock knock joke. Right. Oh my god, he just killed it, man. Yeah, that was was a fun segment. Listen, I wanted more. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, who's to say we can't get more? We still got what? uh, Two? Yeah, tomorrow. And um and then next week, you know, b- before the Rumble. So yep. who's to say we can't get more uh, back and forth between, you know, MVP and Heyman and even Brock and Bobby, you know, who knows? But um yeah, this this is a gold <laughs> segment. Brock is just he looks like he's having the time of his freaking life right now, man. He really, really looks like he's enjoying himself. And uh I'm me and you and everybody else seem to be enjoying him too. This is you know, we talked about the best version yeah. of Roman Reigns yep. and Seth Rollins. This is the best version of, of Brock Lesnar I think we've seen in a long, long time, man. Like I, I like Brock Lesnar holding this champion holding the, the championships over the years and then uh going away for a few months. I was just like, God damn, like I hate Brock Lesnar and <laughs> now he's appearing every week. It, 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 it kinda makes you think like what happened during the pandemic where he's like, you know what, maybe he came to realization like I fucking miss doing this. Like, I miss WWE. Maybe the pandemic actually, like, helped out Brock in the sense, like, kind of appreciate WWE and just kind of appreciate performing for the fans. Because, like, like you see him on TV and you're like, Brock might be a great guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dude, I want to meet Brock. <laughs> I know. After seeing him dap up fans. Yeah. He no, seems like a great I guy. This guy. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, like, I always thought over the years, like, God, he'd be, like, miserable. If he, like, he has no, he has no <laughs> facial expressions. He's got no emotions. Right. He seems like a miserable guy. Now he comes out smiling and laughing and hugging people and high-fiving people. Like, who is this guy? And, and somehow, some way, he's even more intimidating now with the beard and the fucking ponytail, Viking ponytail. How crazy is yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, I know. Dude, he, the new look. I mean, <laughs> as soon as he came out of SummerSlam with that new look, I was all in. I was like, oh, man. This, oh, my God, it's so this, dope. This is, this is actual Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, so good. There's two things I want to talk about. Maybe you have a different opinion than I do. But these are two things that I'm just not into. And one of them is kind of a placeholder, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I am not invested. I don't care about Dewdrop and Becky Lynch at, at Royal Rumble. I was going to say WrestleMania, but no, at Royal Rumble. I know this is just a placeholder. I know Dewdrop ain't going to win. But when I tell you, I don't give a shit about Dewdrop. I don't care about her. I don't want to see her on my TV. I liked her in NXT UK when she was Piper Niven. I don't I don't give a shit about Dewdrop. It's like when I see her appear on my television, I'm like, why is she on my TV? Why? Yeah, dude, this this is a brutal match. I I, I don't I was shocked that they I listen, I gave her no shot, bro. I thought it was hundred percent gonna be Liv and then I thought, okay, well maybe it could be Bianca. Oh my lord, bro. I, I when I seen her win, I was like, Oh my gosh, what a terrible match. Um, yeah, listen, I, I don't, she was good on, on the independence. Uh, she was decent in NXT UK. I know she's a, a top name or was once a top name, um, over there in the UK. But this ain't it. <laughs> but man, this, yeah, this, uh, no, just no. For, for the Royal Rumble, this is not a title match I think anybody wants to see. So this is an easy victory for, for Becky Lynch, but, uh, man, oh man. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I could care less about Dewdrop as well. You know, I, I hate to say this, you know, but this is this is where you go like, you know what, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Because I, I, oh, yeah. after Becky Lynch's entrance, I'm going to the bathroom. 
That's it. Like I, 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 I hope. Yeah, I hope they 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 put this match on after like one of the Royal Rumble matches. Yeah, that that'd be smart. So that you know, very smart. After that, usually people need like a break because that's like a one hour match sometimes. So you need like a break. Yeah, put that, throw that on there, and um, yeah, let me just go piss, go get some snacks. I yep. mean, do, do whatever I got to do. Go scroll my phone. You know, usually like after <laughs> something like that, you know, you, you want to scroll your phone, see whatever right. that people are saying about it yep. and stuff like that. Um, you know, you don't really pay attention to the following match. I hope that's what this is because I. I can't see this being a good match no, at all. Like, no. I realize you really can't. I, I, I just uh, don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Yeah, no, I, I could not care less. All right, and this is the other thing that that I just I just don't care either, man. And I hate to be this guy, but I'm going to be this guy because I saw a lot of people praising them and happy for them. And I'm not saying that I'm not happy for maybe one of the individuals because I just don't care. And that's like, did we really have to defeat RK Bro on Monday with Otis oh, and Chad yeah. Gable? Like, I think Chad Gable... I think he's such an underrated performer. Like, I think WWE has, like, the next Kurt Angle when I see Chad Gable in their fucking roster. But instead, you have him paired up with Otis. I've never, ever got the Otis character, even when he was doing the heavy machinery stuff, the, the Mandy Rose stuff, none of that stuff. Every time I saw Otis, I'm like, yo, this guy's not even good. Like, I get that he's popular and some people like him. But he's not for me. Like, I, I just don't care. He's not a main event fucking star. He, I, I just don't get why people like this guy so much. I don't get and And I'm not saying he's a bad guy. And I'm not saying that deserves bad shit. I'm not saying that. But he just does nothing for me. He doesn't. And it's like, did you really have to take the straps out of RK, bro? Really? Really? They, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, so this, this happened early in the show. Because I... Uh, so... After the Brock and Bobby segment, I, I, um, you checked out. I saw, <laughs> yeah, I saw the RK bros from defending against them. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I know how this is going to go. So, you know, the, uh, the college football national championship game was on that. Okay. I really wanted to watch that. Yep. So I was like, all right, you know, I saw what I wanted to watch with Brock and, and Bobby. You know, you know, I'll flip back on during halftime or whatever, or, you know, at the end of the show to see what's going on. Um, and then, you know, like I see on Twitter that, <laughs> that the Alpha Academy wins. And I'm like, what? So then I'm thinking, all right, well, I guess, like, Riddle cost, cost, you know, Randy, right? Or Randy costed Riddle, whatever. I watched it back, and I'm like, well, no, like, <laughs> Otis just beat Randy Orton clean. I'm like, wait, what? And it just kind of, like, listen, I, I knew that they were probably going to pull the belts off of them sometime before Mania, because I'm thinking we're going to get um, Matt Riddle versus Randy Orton one-on-one -on -one at WrestleMania, which I think is going to be awesome. Um, but, like... The fact that they lost these belts clean, I'm just kind of like, wait, what? Unless, like, they have another rematch and then, you know, uh, Riddle costs Thornton or, like, they're setting up for, like, those two to be in the Royal Rumble and then one eliminates the other. Like, I don't know. I just felt like this was so random and out of the blue and just did not need to happen right now. Listen, I don't – you give the belts to the Alpha Academy, that's fine. But I just feel like this was kind of really random. Like, you know, like, it, like they could have given them the belts after, like – you know, tell a little bit more of a story between right. Orton and Riddle. Um, I don't know. It, it was just very weird. I know that Chad Gable and um, and Otis are apparently best friends in real life. I read the uh, the Instagram caption that yep. Gable put on Instagram after winning the title, and he said that Otis lived down the uh, moved down the street uh, for him, and they like work out all the time. They're always hanging out and stuff. So like that's pretty cool, you know. Like you see real life best friends end up winning. No, of course, yeah, of course. On TV. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I, as far as the RK Bro story goes, it's kind of just like, wait, what? This is how their run comes to an end? It's just like so abrupt and out of nowhere with no story behind it. Yep. Like, 
Otis literally beats Randy Orton clean. So, like, how are they? I'm, I'm not going to say how are they because it's WWE. But, like, to me, it just makes no sense. Like, I just feel like one should have costed the other accidentally. Um, I don't know. Like, just, just really weird. And I'm curious to see where they go with it. Yeah, dude. I just don't care. Uh, you know, I never cared about Otis. I feel like Chad Gable deserves better. Uh, I'm curious yeah, to see what better. Yeah, I'm curious to see what this RK Bro story. Where do we go from here? I think like if you were gonna have, if we're gonna start teasing the potential feud of Matt Riddle and Randy Orton, why so early in the Rumble? Like, right. yeah, right. For Rumble season, like it just makes no sense to me. Like, I I, I would have rather see them still be tag champions and then have one of them eliminate each other like at the Rumble. I would have rather seen that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because that's almost like very like a little unpredictable. Right, I think they're they're on the, the they're on the same page because they're still champs, and then you know one turns on the other. So yeah, that would have been even even better. That's what I'm saying. Like this was just so random and out of the blue. I would assume that we're gonna get this champ tag champ uh, championship rematch at um at the Royal Rumble. So I guess we'll see what happens there. Um, and I'm sure all four of those guys will end up being in the Rumble. Yeah. Um, as well, but um. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems very, very early. And again, they, it's not even like they planted any seeds for a potential Riddle and Orton match, you know, which is like usually what you would kind of yep. do in this situation. But nothing. Just Otis beats Orton clean, and <laughs> there we go. We have new tag champs, and I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait and see. We'll see what happens with the Rumble. Hey, listen, Mario, just let it play out, bro. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to AEW. Because if we're going to let things play out, we got to let things play out in AEW as well. Let's talk about the undisputed elite. All right, we had an opening segment this past week on Dynamite. We saw Adam Cole come out with Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly. They still haven't uh, mentioned the, the Paragon uh, name. I still don't know if that's going to be the possible name for this group or this trio, however you want to word it, but we'll see what happens. Adam Cole did give a wink and a nod and say, this is the new era. Big pop in the crowd. Out comes the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks, you know, come out with uh, their lackey, Brandon, Brandon Cutler, and the Bucks get on the mic and say, you know, how come they weren't invited to this party? And then we had a little bickering back and forth between Red Dragon and the Young Bucks saying that they want the tag titles, and Red Dragon say they want the tag titles. Adam Cole does say that, you know, Red Dragon is the best tag team in the world, and they are untouchable, so he did mention that. And then Adam Cole also did say that, you know, this is good. This is great. We're the best, greatest faction in AEW. You know, we have um, a competition within the group, which is great things. And now comes the best friends. Uh, we think Orange Cassidy's going to get on the mic. And no, it's just the big brawl. Out comes Britt Baker. And Britt Baker now seems like she's aligning herself with what I'm dubbing them, the undisputed elite. And we get like this, we get a, a makeout sesh between Adam Cole and <laughs> Britt Baker. And it looks like now Britt Baker's elite. <laughs> Listen, I had to check. Uh, I had to check to make sure it was Wednesday night and not Monday night because I feel like this was a Monday night Raw start to the show um, on AEW. You just don't really. It's rare. Type of, very yeah, rare. It's very rare. Um, and then to set up a mixed tag match like that's just that's like very WWE esque. Like out of nowhere, like Britt is not even you know, feuding with Chris Statlander, but I get it because they're bringing in uh, the real-life, you know, um, ties between Britain and Adam Cole. Obviously, they're dating in real life, so I, I understand it. It makes sense. Um, it's just kind of random to have a mixed tag match, and it's just not really something that AEW really has done 
Um, and my God, can we just end this best friends versus undisputed uh, elite feud already? For God's sake! I mean, Adam Cole beats Orange Cassidy. Uh, they beat they beat the best friends and 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 OC in that. You know, six Cole beats match. Trent I mean, this past Friday on Rampage. Yeah, I mean, what else are we gonna possibly do with this? You know, unless like they're really just trying to buy some time because. Adam Cole is number one ranked in the rankings, if that even really matters anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe he gets Hangman at the next pay-per-view. And, like, I know Lance Archer came back and everything, but maybe he's just, a, you know, kind of just a placeholder right now. Maybe they're just waiting and trying to buy time. I don't know. But, my God, as soon as the Elite is out there and then all of a sudden you get a Best Friends theme, I'm just like, God damn, like, can't we end this already? I'm tired of it. What if this is just me? hypothetical here, okay? What if, like, about a, maybe a week or two before uh, AEW Revolution, we get a big brawl between the Undisputed Elite and the Best Friends, and maybe at that point, uh, Rocky Romero's back, you know, back in the States. And I think I think that would make sense, because I think there's, like, a New Japan show, a uh, strong show happening around the area as well in the States. So they, it could, you know, it could add up. We get this big brawl, and then all of a sudden, we see William Regal come out, and he just says, Blood and guts. <laughs> I love it. I love it. If you're bringing William Regal, you got to bring it in for that. <laughs> and that's it. That's all we get for Regal. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, bro? Like if William Regal appearing on AEW television, and like, my goodness, at one point NXT and AEW were going head to head, and now it's just like you're seeing all these guys on AEW. Like, it, I mean, it's still crazy every time I see Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly coming out. On AEW television. Yeah. A year yeah, ago, they're on NXT TV, and now they're on the show that they were going head-to-head with. I know. It, it, it's it's so it's so surreal, man, every single time. And William Regal would be the icing on the cake. That would be the most mind-blowing thing out, out of everything. Like, oh my gosh. It, it's it's pretty crazy how, how things work out. Man, I, I just... It's 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 crazy, bro. And, and I had this discussion with a, with a friend of mine um, recently. He asked, like, "Hey, where's Marco Stunt been at?" And I told him, "Like, well, this is a crossroads that I've been saying about AEW. Um, as much as I love seeing Adam Cole and Kyle Riley and, and Bobby Fish on my on my AEW TV screen, like, I, I love that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, these um, if you will, these AEW originals when their contract is up, unless you're like a Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, the, the, the Bucks, Cody." Etc. Unless you're a talent like that, you're not. You're, the chances of you getting resigned with 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 AEW are very slim. So like a guy like Marco Stunt, like I like him, but I don't see him getting resigned. And like I said last week, I, I love my guy Joey Janela. He's my guy, but I'll be shocked if he resigns. If he resigns, good for him. I'm happy. I'm happy that he's gonna get a a, a paycheck from AEW. He deserves it. But at the same time, chances are slim for him too. Yeah, Tony Khan's in a, in a tough position now because it's like when you see all these guys on the open market, like a Kyle O'Reilly, like uh, you know, like all the other people that WWE released, like that are top names and stuff. It's like, how do you pass up on these people? Like, it's 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 hard. Like, I understand. Like, he's got to think about his talent on the current roster right now, but like, oh, he's also got to think about ratings and merchandise. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and bringing AEW to the next level and bringing in these type of household names yep. and worldwide stars is going to help AEW do that. A Sunny Kiss, a Joey Janela, a Marco Stunt is not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, while I understand that it, like, sucks for these talents who have been there since day one. It's a business. Really just, yeah, it's, that's ultimately what it is. And Tony Khan, I think, is in a really tough position because I'm sure he likes a lot of these guys and girls like, like you know, Sonny and, 
and Joey, for example. Um, but unfortunately, it's like when you have people on the open market, like like you do, who then you know when WWE releases them, how do you just pass up on them just because you want to do right by you know people like like that? So it's tough, man. He's in a really tough spot, and you know what, like. If he doesn't re-sign Joey Janela or Marco, it's you know I mean it is what it is you know I mean like listen they were in the company from the beginning they got they got paid um, they got to be on worldwide television see what the next step is man I mean Joey's uh, Joey's doing more work in GCW than he is in AEW so well, I don't even really yeah. know if that would even yeah. affect him that much yeah. it, unfortunately just it is what it is and uh, you know there's other companies out there and we talked uh, last week about a potential new promotion with Jeff Jarrett and Conrad so. I just feel like these guys and girls would will be fine. Listen, AEW, they weren't going to be in AEW forever. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about GCW and Joey in a bit. But talk about free agency. We got a big debut this past week, and that's Brody King, dude. Um, Brody King now he's with his tag partner, his PWG tag team champion partner, which is Malachi Black. They're the current PWG tag team champions, and now we're going to see them in AEW with the House of Black, bro. I like this. I like this slow build to this potential House of Black stable that. I'm almost positive we're going to get. What did you think of Brody King's debut and him just dominating Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., and even my guy Pentagon? Yeah, man, he looked great. He looked like a million bucks. Um, it was a great debut. I thought he he just he fits, obviously, like a glove with Malachi. I know they have a lot of history together. Yep. Um, you know, PWG tag champs, I think, currently, and obviously even way before uh, Malachi even went to the WWE, I think they had some some history together. So, yeah, I mean, they look great together, and I'm really intrigued about this new House of Black stable. I feel like he can't be the only one uh, in this new group. I don't know who else would possibly be in that group, but... Uh, these two, I feel like, could run through the tag team division. I would like to see that. And it gives Malachi something to do, too, because, I mean, I know he wasn't just going to shoot right up to the main event scene, yep. but, like, yep. I, and I'm, I don't want to say I'm um, underwhelmed um, by Malachi so far, but I just feel like I would like to see him do more and be featured right. more, like, every single week consistently. Um, so if this is how, you know, they keep him on TV and gives him something to do and stuff like that, I'm all about it. So I think uh, these two are really badass together, and I think they have a match next week against the Varsity Blondes. That'll be cool. Um, yeah, man, Brody King looked great. I'm happy for him. I, I've, I'm not gonna say I'm a, I'm a big fan of Brody King, but I'm familiar with his work, and I, you know, he's he's got a lot to offer. Yeah. So I think he's a great worker, and I think a potential somewhere down the line, maybe at a double or nothing, if we see Malachi Black and Brody King just, you know, just running through the tag division, I think we could potentially get like a Jurassic Express versus the House of Black at double or nothing. Uh, I think that'd be awesome, man. I, I think, listen, I'm not really a, a huge fan all the time of like, them throwing two singles wrestlers into a tag team together. But, I mean, again, they have a lot of history together. Yeah. They look like a legit tag team. Yep. I'd be all for it, man. Because, you know, you look at the AEW tag division and everybody goes, oh, it's so stacked. But they don't even use half of them. So, like, <laughs> they, they don't even really build it. They don't, right. they just, like, the acclaimed, yeah, they're on television here and there, but they're not in championship matches all the time. Um, Pr- uh, proud and powerful Santana oh Ortiz, my god. god, they've not gotten anything. Ugh. Best friends are doing their own thing, they're way out of the tag title picture. You know, Kyle and Bobby are, you know, content doing what they're doing right now. Um, looks like they could possibly face the Young Bucks, which obviously would not be for the titles somewhere down the line. So, like, what is their tag division right they, now? Everybody they... always talks about how stacked it is, it's kind of in pieces right now. So, yeah, I think Brody and uh, and and Malachi <laughs> could run through this division. When the time is right, Tony Khan really needs to bring out these six-man titles, man, because I think that would benefit a lot of talent in AEW. You already have a stacked roster as it is. 
you have a lot of factions or trios or, or tag teams, etc. The tag division, like you said, you know, you mentioned proud and powerful, and and who else did you mention right there that they just haven't been used to the to their full potential? You know, why don't just throw them in a trios, especially like a proud and powerful? You know, you have you have them in a stable with like a Jericho, with a Sammy Guevara, with a Jake Hager, whatever. Just throw them in a six man division, you know, for the time being until. It, the time is right for them to challenge the tag team championship. Man, I think about proud and powerful. It's like I look at them and I'm like, man, they 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 came into AEW with so much fucking steam, you know, from their Impact run and just everything they were doing on all these different promotions. And I know they're getting a steady check from AEW, and I know they're getting paid well. And I'm not saying they haven't done great things in AEW, especially with the Inner Circle, but just as a tag team, they really haven't. Yeah, listen. They, they are paired up with Chris Jericho, right? They're working with Chris Jericho, which is obviously awesome. They're on TV. They've had some great moments here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with you know the, the feud with the Inner Circle and the Pinnacle, yep. they obviously had that really great uh, parking lot brawl with uh, the best friends, which was awesome. Also, the and Elite. Remember, a- remember the first uh, Stadium Stampede with the Elite as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the Stadium Stampede and everything. Mm-hmm. So they've been involved in some pretty big things, but they really just haven't really been the tag team that yeah. we all thought they would be coming mm-hmm. in. So, yeah, I mean, I still have hope for them, obviously. Oh, me too, you know, me listen, too. You can't rush everybody. I mean, you know, like, so many people are so, like, just like, oh, this guy's not doing anything. This guy's, they literally just got there. I know that doesn't really apply for Proud and Powerful because they've been there for, like, two years now. But, again, this is AEW. It's not WWE. They're not just going to throw these guys into, you know, the mix right away, give them the championships right away. they got to establish them and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I have still have hope for them, but, I mean, the inner circle, I feel like, too, it's like, they, they really, I get they're still a group, but I think it's time to disband, man, and just go your separate ways. Um, I know Sammy's, like, really done his own thing lately. And no, <laughs> he's doing a lot on his oh, own yeah, lately. Listen, Sammy's living the he's good the, life. He's right living now. the best life possible right now. Yeah, yeah, my God. <laughs> uh, good for him. <laughs> dude, dude, I know, I, I, listen. I'm envious of that man. Good, good for Sammy. Oh, man. But you know what? So, I- I'm glad you mentioned the whole inner circle topic. It doesn't bother me that they're still a group. They're just loosely together where they're all kind of doing their separate things. It's sort of like the Pinnacle, right? The Pinnacle's still a group, but they're all doing their separate things. So, I don't mind that. I think if you, I think you could still be a faction and do your separate things and then come together when the time is right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I- I'm not saying break up, I'm not saying, like, have a feud, but I'm just saying, like, maybe you could do a segment where Chris Jericho goes, listen, we'll always be the inner circle. Oh, absolutely, uh, I feel yeah. Like, I feel like I have to do, you know, yeah. if I have to take care of business with Eddie, you guys, meaning Santana Ortiz, mm-hmm. take care of business in the tag division, Sammy's obviously um, in the TNT title picture, he's like, he's like, we'll always be brothers, but I feel like we gotta go our yeah. separate ways, that's it, you don't gotta do the typical WWE where you just, like, you turn on each other, you right. split or whatever, like, you could just go your own separate ways without doing that, um, and so I just feel like, like I said, like, uh, not that the inner circle's really holding Santana and Ortiz back, but it just feels like they're not really doing anything of significance, and even, like, Jake Hager, man, like, he's a, he's a guy that <laughs> he, you can throw into the category with Joey Janela and Marco Stunt, where it's guy that you might not want to resign. Like, I mean, what Why? does he <laughs> offer? I know what it's outside the inner circle. 
what is he gonna do? I don't think anybody cares about him as singles. Yeah, you really don't need him to be. You know, he doesn't make a difference in the inner circle. He doesn't make a difference. Period. No disrespect. Let him go back to MMA. And kick right. Everybody in the balls. Right. 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 Yeah. I don't see him. Or you know what? If you want to still use Jake Hager, especially for like these big matches, like big multi-man matches, then just sign him on a per appearance deal and not have him in the active roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do something like, I mean, listen, I get money is not an option for Tony Khan. Right. Like, listen, so, I mean, he could just resign Jay Kager and, and, you know, have him full time on the roster and not really doing much. I mean, listen, I don't think it's going to hurt his pockets at all. Um, so, and, you know, obviously, Jay Kager's a, a big, a big, you know, a guy, and he obviously has the crossover with MMA. So, yep. I'm sure they could utilize him in some different ways. But, um, yeah, I mean, if, if I'm booking and running the company, I'm just like, you know what, Jake, thank you for your services, but uh, <laughs> go be Impact World Champion. All right, <laughs> moving on, moving on. It looks like we already know who's going to be the next challenger for Hangman's AEW World Championship, and that's the returning Lance Archer. We had this interesting segment between Dan Lambert and Hangman Page. I have no idea why we got this segment. Like, it really made no sense to me. Um, yeah. And I will say, as much as I love my guy, Hangman Page, this wasn't one of his best promos in my opinion i think dan lambert ate him up but nonetheless we got this crazy what what does um um lance archer call his finisher again i forget what he calls it man but was it the blackout is it blackout. Yeah, yeah the blackout he does the blackout on hangman page into chairs looking looking real devastating but yeah i guess this is just the the potential this is the i guess the placeholder feud if you will before we get to revolution so what do you think about this yeah, I mean, I, the only reason I can think of the Dan Lambert uh, coming out is because they wanted to swerve us because the last time we saw Lance Archer, he was feuding with Dan Lambert, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe they just wanted to swerve you to think, like, you know, Lance was going to be uh, on Hangman's side or something like that. But, I mean, listen, nonetheless, it's great to see Hangman, uh, Lance Archer back. Yep. I, I am a fan, definitely. Um, I don't prefer him to be in the world title picture, but I, I am a fan of his work. So it's great to see him back, especially after that brutal brutal head injury yeah, that uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. suffered the last time we saw him. Yep. Very, very scary stuff. Yep. So it's great to see him back. Um, I think this is a potential beach break main event for, you know, uh, that, that show that's coming up in a few weeks in uh, Cleveland. And, uh, you know, they, they have Hangman defend the title there. Um, and then you, you get somebody else to, to face him at Revolution because I just can't see this being a pay-per-view main event. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, like I said, Lance Archer looked great. I'm happy to see him back. And, uh, should be a should be a good match between Hangman and Lance. It's just it's funny how like they book Lance because like they always put him in these championship matches, right? I mean, to he, lose, he had a, with Mox, yeah, <laughs> to lose, to lose. And you would think a guy like him is like he can't lose, right? He, he they even booked him against uh, Miro at, at Double or Nothing last year to lose, and like and yeah, and Miro beat him. Like I, you know, it's just kind of just like this dude. You look at him, you're like, God, who's ever gonna like realistically? Right. You look at him, who could ever beat this guy? And he mm -hmm. loses every single time, so. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it, it's crazy because he came on, he's another guy that came into the AEW like really hot, especially with the run they had in New Japan. I'm not saying that Jay, uh, Jake Hager, I'm not saying that Lance Archer has been misused because he has been in high profile matches, but he has lost a lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's an understatement. Um, but he is one of those guys that... I believe it was, this was after the Brody Lee tribute show. Uh, he was like on the post AEW show or whatever. And he was like talking and praising Tony Khan to the moon and saying like, I don't care. Like if I've not even used, like right. as long as I'm right. here, like, like he's, he's content. He seems content. Yeah. yeah he's he content. content. Yep. So like, 
that's good. And again, to us fans, we look at wins and losses and, and how people are booked as like all be end all be all. Right. It's like at the end of the day, man, like this guy's getting paid. He's on television. He's featured in world title matches. Yeah, he doesn't exactly. win them all. Mm-hmm. He doesn't win any of them. But um, he, I don't think he's unhappy. I mean, right. listen, how could you be unhappy by getting booked in world championship matches? You know, unfortunately, you lose. But listen. I think he's doing just fine. Um, he's he's a great guy to have in the company. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, again, this is very important, too, to have a guy that you can rely on yeah. to, like, fill in for, like, a championship match when you need, yep. like, a last-minute guy and you know he's going to deliver. That's kind of an underrated, like, you know, yeah. importance in, in a company. So, you know, especially, a guy that's willing, especially a guy that's willing to do anything or everything, you know? Right, right, exactly. He's got the look. He's got the. He, he's just. He's. He's a monster. Mm-hmm. So you know. He's and like I said, he can go with anybody. Yeah. So yeah. He, he's. It's a valuable asset to have. Mm-hmm. Also, Lance Archer smart enough to be like, listen, I could be in a worse position. Just look at Brian Cage. Nonetheless, let's move on. <laughs> right, exactly. This could be Joey Janela. I'm dark. Let's let's move on, dude. I really enjoyed this match. I, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how this finish was gonna go, but. The way it played out, I really, really fucking enjoyed it. And that's Warlow and CM Punk. Man, Warlow in defeat still came out looking like a major fucking star. He beat the shit out of CM Punk. And credit to CM Punk because I had no idea. I didn't think for a second. I'm like, there's no way CM Punk is going to take this uh, powerbomb thing, right? Like, you know, the sympathy of powerbombs, however you want to call it. And let me tell you. This guy, what was like seven, eight power bombs, one through a table. Oh my god, bro! Like Warlow was laying it in, <laughs> and got this kind of like this quick roll up finish from CM Punk defeating Warlow. Warlow looking pissed off because he blames MJF for it, and then we got more of a tease of the potential breakup when MJF is just letting Warlow have it, like just you know putting his finger in his chest and pushing him, and then all of a sudden Warlow just grabs his finger. And MJF just looking scared for his life. Dude, I love everything about this. Uh, tell me what you thought about this whole match and just, the, I guess, the post-match segment. Yeah, CM Punk really made Wardlow look like a million bucks, and that's the goal right there. You know, um, he, he really just absolutely made him look so good yeah. uh, by taking all these power bombs, and especially the one through the table and everything. And obviously, Wardlow wasn't going to get the win. I loved how, you know, CM Punk rolled him up for the win and uh, just plays into the story even further with Wardlow and Sean Spears and MJF and stuff like that. Man, Wardlow, <laughs> this guy <laughs> has massive star written all yes. over him. Yes. Oh my lord, dude. Like, I don't know how because of the, the star power that they have in AEW right now with like Punk and, and Mox and, um, Brian and Kenny and Cole. I mean, they, they got a lot of star power there. So I don't really, I hope that Wardlow doesn't fall like under the radar too much. Um, but man, oh man, this guy, they have something in this guy. This guy could be the next big star in wrestling. Um, I truly believe that he's just got everything. He's, he's so good in the ring. He's got the look. Um, and you know, there's rumors. I don't know if you saw that you know WWE is interested in him or whatever when his contract is done. I don't see this, him leaving. This is like uh, this is like a Vince McMahon guy right yeah. here. Like this is exactly what like if he went to the WWE, he could he probably be pushed like Roman Reigns was in yeah. 2016. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, he's gonna be a massive baby face whenever he turns on MJF. I believe it'll probably be at the Beach Break show in, in Cleveland because I believe I mean I don't know for sure, but I think maybe that's his home. Yeah, um, he's really he's, he's from that. that's his hometown. But do you think? But do you, I feel like while I, I wouldn't be against him, you know, turning on the pinnacle on that show, I wouldn't be against that. But 
part of me feels like you could probably stretch this out a little bit more, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you definitely can. I think you could. I think you could stretch it out to. Uh, well, let's talk. All right. I mean, this ties into the CM Punk and MJF stuff because I don't know if they're going to do this match at Beach Break. I don't know if they're going to do this match on Dynamite in Chicago, which is I think early February, or at this rate, which is what I I want. Just save it for the Revolution. Pay that's that's where I'm that at. Just off. save it to Revolution. Yeah, save it's it to not Revolution. That far off. You've already dragged it this long. Mm-hmm. Drag it a little bit further. I wouldn't even be opposed to MJ um, Wardlow turning on MJF in that match. You know, like not not to cost. I mean, yeah, I guess maybe cost MJF the match. Even though I'd like to see MJF beat CM Punk, but um, just turn on him there, where it's like you know MJF he's he's getting beaten by CM Punk, right? And, like, he, he needs Wardlow's help, and then Wardlow, like, just, like, says, nope, not this time, and, like, you know, just walks out on him or something like that. Like, I don't know. You could do something like that, too. But, um, yeah, when he turns on MJF, man, I expect a huge pop from from the crowd. I'm just waiting for the crowd at some point to start chanting Wardlow like Goldberg, like Wardlow. Yeah, I'm yeah. just waiting. That's your, that's your Goldberg in AEW, pretty much, like, just everything about this dude, it's just like, what the fuck? Except like, he can wrestle. Though. Except, oh, right, right, right. Except he can wrestle, <laughs> and, he, and he's not going to injure guys, right? And it's crazy to say that, because you see how devastating his power bombs looked. But, man, dude, yo, that's your next star. And kind of what I said last week, you have MJF go on a winning streak. I think he beats Punk for um, Bunk whenever that happens, whether it's a revolution or whenever. I think if anyone defeats Hangman for that world title, it should be MJF, and you give him a world title run, and... The day MJF loses, it should be to Warlow. I love it. Yeah, I absolutely 100% could agree with that. I think, you know, like I said, you have something in Warlow. Don't wait forever to, you know, push him to the top of the card and, and potentially give him the world title, you know, because that's how you can establish him right off the bat. Yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Warlow, bro. Yeah. He's, he's, he's great. Guy, he's fucking great. Like, I, 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 just, I think he's awesome. Me too. I do. The last thing I want to talk about is what's happening next week. And we have a big GCW show, probably the biggest GCW show of all time, happening at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. Both you and I will be there. And if this show couldn't get any bigger, two things dropped this week. Let's start with the first one. Not only is this show going to be on Fight TV, but it's going to be on pay-per-view for the first time ever. What? Did you think about that? Well, like, what was your instant reaction? I think this is, is insanely huge for GCW. I mean, what what a huge, like, just what a story, man. <laughs> Nuts. Um, unbelievable. Uh, but I know there's a lot of demand for this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it sold out at the Hammerstein. So, uh, you know, it, it just felt right to put it on cable yeah. pay-per-view. You know? and just, uh, it's, it's a huge card, and I'm just so happy for that company. Yeah, um, going back to the actual Fight Club show, which was uh, main evented by Nick Gage and Mox. That show, which I'll, I'll say that pay-per-view alone, felt like an actual pay-per-view. And I'm like, okay, something feels different about the show. And that's, and that's when they made the announcement, the Hammerstein Ballroom announcement. So, once again, GCW just continues to elevate and move forward with whatever direction that they're going to move into. You know, we both said that I think this is the third biggest company in the States. And them being on pay-per-view, I I think, kind of further established that. Oh, absolutely, 100%. And listen, how many uh, wrestling shows are on cable pay-per-view nowadays, too? Like, it's like, you know, with the network, you don't have WWE on there Mm -hmm. as much anymore. AEW is every, every now and then. 
um, yeah, I guess Impact is yeah. stuff too. That's you know, so it's like I guess, yeah, I mean, why? Except why not? Like yeah. it's just a no brainer. Um, instead of you know, I, I it's probably still available on Fight and stuff like that too. But uh, it just gives you know an, more opportunity for people to order it on their on their TVs and stuff like that if they don't have streaming services and all that uh, good stuff. So yeah, man, this uh, it, it really. It came as a surprise to me, but not really at the same time. You know what I mean? Right. You're like, of course it would be on pay-per-view. Why not? This right. is the biggest show of their company's history. All right. There's two more things I want to talk about before this other big news that happened this week when it came to GCW. So GCW actually had a big, big weekend this past weekend. And that's they had a show in Detroit. They also had a show last night in Chicago. Let's start with the Briscoes. The Briscoes defended the GCW Tag Team Championships against the Rejects. Um, last night, obviously they won, and then after the match, they threw out the open challenge. They they don't have a match at the Hammerstein. They are booked for the Hammerstein Ballroom Show, but they have no match. So they're throwing the open challenge out to any tag team in the world to challenge them for these GCW Tag Team Championships. What are the chances is FTR? Uh, I know a lot of people are thinking about that. I I don't see it. I don't know. I mean, I I, I mean, I guess actually, I mean, who else could possibly be? I don't know. I just feel like they would want to save that for, like, maybe the Supercard of Honor show when Ring of Honor comes back or, like, maybe save it for AEW. But I guess it's a possibility because who else? I'm going to really throw another go? tag team out there if it's not FTR. The only other tag team I can think of, and, I mean, they ain't necessarily doing much, so why not? They've done GCW shows under contract, and that's proud and powerful. Yeah. They're in New York. I could definitely see that. I would not complain about that one bit. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I know a lot of people are gonna think it's FTR, and I like I said, I'm just I'm not getting my hopes up for that because it just doesn't seem like that. And again, no respect, obviously, no disrespect to GCW. Yeah, I just don't feel like that's where that match is gonna end up taking place. I, I don't know. What so if that's we? Just my opinion. What if we get another tag team, you know, answering the open challenge, and then we get kind of like another post match thing, like we got a final battle where FTR yeah, comes I can out. Yeah, I see that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I, I could definitely see them appearing at that show, but as far as that match goes, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just not completely sold on them right. being the, the, the challengers. So. Okay. Okay. Have you been keeping up with this whole Joey Janela, Matt Cardona stuff? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this stuff is hilarious, man. Oh, my oh. God. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy to think, like, it's crazy to think in so many different aspects when it comes to the, the, this match that we're going to get, but let's just stick to Matt Cardona for a second. Matt Cardona was in the WWE system. This guy had, we didn't know this as fans, but the fact that this guy was in the company and you could have potentially had one of the biggest heels in your company without you even knowing it. Like, yeah. oh man, dude, this, this guy's just great, bro. And I think this is the perfect match for the Hammerstein Ballroom for both guys. It really is, and it's it's one of the best built stories, like you know, through just through Twitter and Instagram with Joey and Chelsea, Chelsea Green and, and all that. Uh, this, yeah, I mean, it's it's literally hilarious, and uh, Joey's that perfect guy to get under Cardona's skin, so it just works so well. Um, and this is a huge match for both of these guys because. You know, I, I was wondering for the longest time, like, what's Cardona going to really do at, at Hammerstein? And then I was like, well, Joey, obviously, yeah. has to have a big match at this show, too, because he's the one, like, really, the guy in GCW and has been for years. And mm-hmm. I just think, you know, you put these two 
big stars together, I think it's uh, it works out perfectly. So I'm looking forward to it. Not a match I ever thought I would want to see, but now <laughs> I'm intrigued. Yeah, they're, they're, both, they're both Northeast guys. Obviously, uh, Matt Cardona from Long Island, Joey Janelle from Jersey. So it makes sense for them to have this match at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah, to- to- totally, bro. It's it's going to be, and again, with the, the influence of Chelsea, too, uh, she's going to be ringside stuff. I expect a lot of shenanigans yeah. and stuff to go down. So uh, it's I expect this to be a lot of fun. They still haven't announced the full card, so there's a, obviously there. I'm, I would assume there's going to be more matches announced during the week. I'm just really curious what they're going to do with Nick Gage at this show. Is this going to be the show yeah. that they're not even going to announce Nick Gage and he just makes it an appearance? Is he going to have a match? I'm really, really curious. What do you do with Nick Gage? I know it's so so strange. I mean, I I've been keeping up with like all through Twitter about and Instagram of like what GCW's been doing. I haven't really seen him been announced for any shows. Um. Mm-hmm recently so he did go on yeah. social media saying that he took a break he's taking a break from wrestling just to get his body right and just kind of like uh rehab some injuries that, that he's had over the last year two years or whatever you would think if he's gonna make his return it has to be at this show right i, I was gonna say i mean listen uh, all 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 the respect to him take as much time as you need but i just feel like like if like I mean, my God, you could do one more show. I mean, it's got to be this one. Right. Like, how do you miss out on this one? Unless, like, you're really, unless he's really hurt yeah. or he can't eat. I mean, man, and I, I don't see, like, like, like this guy, like, he seems like he could fight through any amount of <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, my goodness, you would not want to miss this show. So, yeah. I don't know. I hope they have something for him, and I, I hope he's on there in some capacity because I just can't see him missing this show. I mean, he's a huge part of that company. Dude. His entrance alone at the Hammerstein Ballroom is going to be, like, very Sandman-esque. People are going to lose their fucking minds. No, I know, bro. His, that was one of the things when they announced this show. I was looking forward to his entrance in the Hammerstein the most. So, we, we better still get that. Yeah, I hope so. The biggest news, bigger than even the pay-per-view announcement, in my opinion, that we got this week. At the last GCW show in Atlantic City, we saw Homicide win this Royal Rumble-esque type match. It was called the... Do or die Rumble, if I'm not mistaken. He ended up winning it, becoming the number one contender for the GCW World Champion. Um, people speculated, oh, he's going to, obviously, he won the match. He's from, he's a New Yorker. He's obviously going to challenge the World Champion, which is Mox, yeah. at the Hammerstein Ballroom. But we, we got no you know details. We got no nothing. Until this past week, it was confirmed. Moxley's coming back, and he's defending that GCW World Championship against Homicide at the Hammerstein fucking ballroom, dude. Yeah, this is uh, not surprising to me, but it's a little surprising that, like, I just feel like his first appearance would have been on AEW, and uh, then GCW would announce it, unless he returns this week on AEW TV, man. This is very surprising. Um I'm not surprised he's back just because, listen, he's had a few months off now. And this wasn't going to be six months to a year thing uh, with him going away. I mean, at least I didn't think it was going to be from the beginning. Um, And then, you know, the way GCW has kind of been, like, you know, working around this, they did not pull the belt off of Mox. Like, I just feel like they knew something. Like, they knew he was going to be good to go. I just felt like, too, like, this show was Mox's motivation to, like, get better as soon as he could because he didn't want to miss this i mean he's the world champion it just did not seem right to not have him on the show or even if he wasn't going to be on the show to not have the gcw title defended on the show so i am not surprised uh but i'm so thrilled to see him back i'm just a little surprised that again they announced him for the show and it's like i said unless he returns this week his first appearance back since the the whole you know uh is the whole time away is in GCW and not in AEW. That's a little odd. Well, I know Moxley's from Cincinnati, 
And that Wednesday, after that GCW show, they're going to be in Cleveland. I mean, it's right there. If you're going to make your return, why not return in Cleveland, Ohio? Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking, too. But, you know, I knew that was obviously after the, the GCW show. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, most likely he probably would. I just felt like he wouldn't go to GCW and make it, make a, um, an appearance there without at least returning to AEW first. But I guess, you know, like I said, unless it's this week, then uh, I guess he is. But either way, I'm glad Mox yeah. uh, is happy, is healthy, is back. Um, it's about the damn time. I wouldn't even be shocked if he ends up being Hangman's opponent at Revolution, too. Um, I don't know how that would work with the rankings and all that stuff, but I just feel like, you know, uh, Mox was supposed to be in there to face Hangman if he didn't really get, uh, you know, if he didn't have to go away for a little bit. So I'm just so happy to see him back, and I hope he's doing well. I hope he's happy, and I hope, obviously, he's uh, he's healthy. That's the main thing. I'm a big Moxley guy, so I'm happy to see him back, but I do want him to be 110%. I hope he's okay. Um, any chance, because I want to go back to what you said about the Hangman stuff. Any chance Moxley just returns for this Hammerstein show, and then we see him continue his hiatus? He does the match, he drops the title, and then he just he still goes for for a little bit longer. Um, I mean, I guess. I guess it's the possibility. I, I just feel like that probably wouldn't be smart, because... I just feel like he shouldn't have come back unless he was fully 100% right. healthy. Right. Um, you know, if he's still dealing with some issues, I just don't really feel like it would be the smart move to do this. But I guess it's always a possibility. You know, mm -hmm. I guess we'll just have to see. Um, that, 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 could, that could be why he hasn't appeared on AEW. I don't know. And, and we also got to keep in mind, too, because I saw a lot of Peckerheads complaining, like, oh, hey, you turned to GCW, but you haven't been in AEW. Listen, I'm sure Moxley and Tony Khan had a conversation already, so I'm sure this is all approved and agreed on. Like, I, I just can't stand people just like, oh, well, you haven't appeared in AEW yet. Yeah, well, you know, you're, gonna, you're always going to get those pecker heads, you know. It's, you, you can't escape them in any scenario. I'm, I'm cool with a Hangman Moxley program. I'm all for it. But I will say this. Before Mox took this hiatus, or, you know, to, to, to just get himself better and get himself healthy or whatever... They're leaning towards a potential heel turn. Like, that's where, like, the seeds were getting planted for, right? I highly doubt now, if he returns, he's going to get booed. There's no way yeah. they're yeah. booing Moxley. There, there's no way. Like, and I guess we could have said the same thing with Brian. But listen, Brian had a series of great matches. He came and he was getting cheered or whatever. Then he just turned on the crowd. I feel like even with Moxley trying to turn on the crowd... I just don't see him getting booed. Like, how can you boo this guy? He just went through rehab. He did this stint or whatever, you know. He took a leave. Like, he's battling all these demons and stuff. He comes back. Like, how can you boo this guy? No, that's that's honestly a great point. Yeah, I mean, I really, I didn't think about that. He's, yeah, they'll probably hold off from that for a little bit before they, you know, <laughs> go, go with his uh, heel run. Right. Uh, yeah, because I I don't see that either. You're 100 percent right on that. So and also too, like I just said with the rankings stuff too, this guy hasn't wrestled a match in months. So like I just he probably wouldn't be the guy to insert right right, right here. Um, so you're definitely right about that. They'll probably have to build him up again. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I didn't think about that. I feel like it'll be something kind of like when um when we got like the first early stages of like the man Becky Lynch. Like remember when Becky turned on Charlotte, but everybody cheered for it, and then like that following week on SmackDown. She started shitting on the crowd, but the crowd wanted no parts of it and were still cheering for her. Like, yeah. I feel like it would be something like that. Like, not saying, like, Mox would blend in reality this, but, like, you know, Mox trying to cut a heel promo saying, like, you guys weren't there for me. I feel like the fans wouldn't accept that and they'll still cheer for her. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, there's, there's, there's really not much they could probably do to, to get the fans to boo right off the bat. So. Right. 
probably not smart. And I'm sure, obviously, Tony's a, a smart guy. He obviously has to be well aware of that as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see Mox back. Can't wait for it. I'm very hyped for this show. And next weekend, it's going to be a big weekend for, for me. I know you're going to be at the Hammerstein Ballroom for GCW. But, like, the night before, I'm going to be at Northeast Wrestling. And I'm trying to meet Thunder Rosa uh-huh. and Malachi right. Black. So, uh, that should be a good show, too. Yeah, that, that show is uh, is pretty stacked. It's got a lot of top stars on there. I've been seeing those those match announcements, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it, it would it would it would take some planning for me to go to Poughkeepsie for for that show. I've only been to the Mid Hudson Civic Center once when Kenny Omega and Ray Phoenix had that match right. there. Um, that that got me to go there, but it's uh that's a hike for me. So mm-hmm. I, I wish I, I I could easily attend shows there because I you know. They, Northeast Wrestling is, is a pretty solid promotion. They always yeah. get some top stars, and they always do some great meet and greets, too. So it's, it's very uh, fan interactive and stuff like that, too. So uh, you, you'll have a blast. That's a, that's a full, full-blown full wrestling weekend for yeah, you. Yeah, man. It's a lot. So with that being said, there's going to be no show next week because there's yeah. too much shit happening with Northeast yeah. on Saturday. And then Sunday we got this big GCW show, but I'm sure we'll find each other at the Hammerstein Ballroom or maybe a little bit beforehand before uh, the GCW Absolutely. show. We'll definitely hang out and stuff, but um, that's it, bro. I think we covered everything. Give me your plugs in. Well, so uh, we did cover everything, but there is one thing that I got just got oh. sent from my friend that I figure we should just mention right now. And give okay. Our thoughts on. It's not totally okay. Me, wait, but, hold on. Uh, wait, wait. Because you're kind of you're kind of scaring me here. Is this bad or good? No, no, it's good. I, oh. think, we'll all, I think we'll all enjoy it. Uh, Mustafa Ali has requested his release from WWE. He put out a statement that uh, he's requesting his release. He's got bigger dreams um, to fulfill. Uh, listen, yeah, exactly. Round I love me some Mustafa Ali. He's a, such an underrated talent. He's a great guy. And I'm not really saying that just to say he's a great guy. No, he's legit a great guy. Yeah, I, I hope he does well. Listen, he's got a lot more to offer, and he obviously he realizes that. This is, in my opinion, this has been a long time yep. coming. Like, you know, I'm surprised it took this long for him to to, you know, get out. Um, maybe he just wanted to wait until the end of his contract. I'm not sure when his contract is up, but maybe, uh, you know, he had went on record to announce this just in case they don't release him. He's close to the end of his contract anyway, so he can, you know, uh, get out. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. He's, uh, listen, I don't know where he would end up. You know, there's a lot of different options out there, but I hope he does well, and I hope he's creatively satisfied and fulfilled because uh, a guy like him, a talent like him, mm-hmm. just sitting in WWE, not doing much, not really getting recognized as he should. It's, uh, you know, I mean, we've seen this time and time again with, with talents like him in WWE that just get frustrated. They don't get pushed. And, you know, they got to go elsewhere. So uh, I think he could be a top name on the indies. So really, really just uh, looking forward to seeing what he does next. And I hope he does well. It mind boggles me. A performer like Mustafa Ali never won a major championship in WWE at all. No yeah. no championship whatsoever. Nothing. Not even the Cruiserweight title. No titles in NXT. Nothing. This guy never won a title in, in WWE. It mind boggles me. This guy, listen, wherever he goes, whether it's, I know everybody says AEW, but like if he ends up like in an impact or like um, just floating around in different promotions, who knows? Maybe we get this Conrad and Jeff Jarrett promotion up and running by then. I don't know. But this guy is a star. He, he, everybody recognizes his talent in the ring, and he's a great talker as well. I, I'm excited for him for his future. But, you know, I think he's great. I think he's a great dude and a great performer. And wherever he goes, I wish him the best of luck. Yeah, me too, man. I couldn't have said it better. He seems like a great dude, and uh, 
like I said, he'll he'll absolutely find success elsewhere because mm-hmm. he's way too talented not to. I do. That was that was some late breaking news, bro. You scared me for a bit. I'm like, oh no, what are, what are you about to tell me? I thought it was gonna be something bad. This is good, man. He deserves the best, and a company like WWE, unfortunately, as much as they're doing some great stuff now. I just think they never valued him. They never did. No, no, no way. He's 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 not the he's not the guy that they really see as like money. You know, like he's he's just not. And again, obviously, it's no knock on him. It's just the way they operate and they do business. You know, they look at a guy like him. He's small. They look at him as just a cruiserweight competitor um, and nothing more than that. You know, they gave him that run as the leader of Retribution, which you know I thought he did good work with. He tried to make. <laughs> chicken salad out of chicken shit and i think yeah. if they would have gave him some creative control i think he, there was little there was little specks there was little sprinkles they're like okay this could be something the second he got added into the group and became like the leader but they, they just never pulled the trick yeah yeah exactly so you know like i said good for him getting out realizing and knowing his worth and uh yeah we'll see where he ends up like i said that's always the million dollar question when you leave wwe where are you gonna go next all right dude give me your plugs in all right, at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. Go give that a follow. And uh, the Wrestling Radar on YouTube. Not much new content, but hopefully within the next few months, you know, going to WrestleMania and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we'll have some stuff up there for you. So definitely subscribe. A quick plug to Dream Match, Mr. Dream, Andy, Dream Match Wrestling. January 28th, that's their three-year anniversary. So they will be doing the special sale. So, you know, give them a follow. He'll have more information on that. So remember, January 28th, they're going to have a big sale, big sale. All their merch, all their shirts, all their designs. If you want a shirt, or I think he's doing sweaters now or portraits, etc. Give him a follow. He's a great follow. Talented artist, him and his wife. So make sure um, you go support him. You can follow me at RadarSys87. Make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you missed anything or everything on today's episode, even though this is just an audio version of the show, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy, Apple Podcasts, tune on, Lamesca.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. Remember, there is no show next week. No show next week. We'll be back post-Royal Rumble, so we'll give you our instant reactions to the Royal Rumble. So, till then, for the old man Leo that's not here for our double Ryan Radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Rated R. Till next time, keep it rated R. And stay too sweet. Goodbye. And good night, Ben. <laughs>